Hello and welcome to Not a Fire Boot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before the shitters in Hollywood can get their hands on them. Uh, it's a bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And this week I'm going to be rebooting Christine. Even though the, the, that's the way they sing it and be more chill, which is completely unrelated. And I'm not making the Christine musical, even though that is something one could do. <laughs> Another time. Another time. It would actually be pretty... It would make a lot of sense to make a musical at at least one of Stephen King's properties. Oh, I know. They did. They made a Carrie musical. Yeah. And it was on Riverdale. I heard it wasn't (laughs) that good. Which is why they did it on Riverdale. Yeah. (laughs) They had to start small. (laughs) Speaking of Riverdale, um, I think the best take I've heard from the subsequent seasons was by Super Eyepatch Wolf, who compared the uh, writing to uh, the writing for the WWE, so... That, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. At, at what point will Hiram Lodge shed his skin and become a sentient gas cloud? <laughs> That's season seven. <laughs> okay, we're pretty close then. Yeah. Season six starts in like a month, I think. Cool. <laughs> Archie has PTSD because he doesn't know which war he fought in. (laughs) (laughs) He fought in all of them. Okay, anyway, Christine. (laughs) Christine! (laughs) Look, this is one of the books that King wrote while high on cocaine, so... Yes, although not... It wasn't the peak. It sounds like he was on the downswing. I think this was either just after or just before the intervention. He wasn't fully sober. His first fully sober novel is Needful Things, which he uh, came out in, like, 91. Um, And I think that explains why it's my favorite Stephen King novel. Yeah. Um, My second favorite Stephen King novel is Christine, which he wrote approximately two years after Cujo, a book which he does not remember writing. He he feels a sad longing for not remembering being able to write the good parts of the book. He's never mentioned anything about having regret over not being able to remember directing the film Maximum Overdrive, the <laughs> movie where sentient trucks attack Mark Hamill. I think it was Mark Hamill. They're attacking somebody. <laughs> the trucks can think, and they're angry. It's probably for the best that he doesn't remember directing exactly. Maximum oh, Overdrive. Oh, you should, you should see the trailer where Stephen King is talking directly to the... He's talking to you. He's looking through the camera. He's looking through time, and he can see you. And his eyes are bulging out of his face. He's like, I got sick of people not directing my books properly, so I'm going to direct my own book. It's called Maximum Overdrive and Two Trucks. <laughs> God. Uh, speaking of the cars, that will just really go to town on the motherfucker, Christine. Yes. Christine is a 1983 Stephen King novel. It is about a 1958 Plymouth Fury named Christine. She is hot red, unlike all the real Plymouth Furries, where the fur- no, that's not right, that's a different movie. All, all, all the real-life 1958 Plymouth Furies were just deerskin beige, but Christine comes out, like, hot rod red. And she's sexy, and she's a car that fucks, and also a car that kills. I'm looking at a picture of a 1959 Plymouth uh, Plymouth Sport Fury convertible that is very red. I don't know what the fuck. Well, well, that's the 1959. She's a 1958. Oh. Also, it's entirely possible that the the Furies you're looking at were the ones that were made as props for the film Christine. (laughs) Because, yes, it was also a movie. It was a movie that came out the same year as the book. The book came out in, like, spring, and the film came out on December 9th because 
so Stephen King actually sold the film rights uh, to Christine to producer Richard Kobritz, who had previously produced the miniseries Salem's Lot, and King was so impressed with that, he was like, okay, you get first pick on any of my manuscripts that come through. And he passed on Cujo, but he got Christine, which hadn't been published yet. It was still just the manuscript. And he's like, started production on the film, like, days after the book was released. Oh, wow. They could extremely go all in on the market. It's like, you read the book. Now watch the movie. Christine, she fucks and she kills. That's not the tagline, but... It might as well be. Yeah. Like, like again, a lot of a lot of the advertising, but especially just the text of the book is like, this is a sexy car. This is a horny car. This is a possessive, toxic girlfriend car. <laughs> this is the car equivalent of you put your dick in crazy, boy. Yeah, it's um, I think the tagline on the book was just some cars are born bad because that's the thing. It's like. There's implications of some hinky stuff going on with Christine, but it's never like, oh, there was a curse in the carburetor that turned her evil. Like, no, it's just she comes off the assembly line and she's evil from the minute she's able to start her engine. This car bad. Also, I didn't know that the film was directed by John Carpenter. So. Oh, yeah. The, it was directed by John Carpenter because he wanted something that was a lot more like, not text record, but like something more character focused than The Thing. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. I, I did not know that the thing was a bomb. Yeah. I guess with horror films, it's kind of hit or miss, so. Yeah, it, well, I guess it was it was too gory and too goopy, and uh, the critics ravaged it. And so John Carpenter was like, okay, I need something that's a little more traditional horror, and something that has more character stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And so he's brought on to do Christine. Also, fun fact, Christine could almost be like a YA novel. Well, the main character is a nerdy high school student and his friend exactly yeah it's about teens it's about shitty teens in the 70s yep the actual plot of the book in the film beyond just christine fucks and kills is focuses on arnie cunningham who was the nerdiest kid who's ever been in the 70s he's just the poorest little meow meow uh and he's got (laughs) his best friend dennis who is like a football boy and Arnie is, like, always being picked on, and then him and Dennis are driving down, like, the highway, and they, Arnie sees a just dilapidated, shitty car in someone's driveway, and is like, I need this car immediately, and Dennis is like, are you possessed? And Arnie's like, maybe. Anyways, and so he goes, and he buys the car from a guy named Roland LeBay, who's the dirt worst, fil- filthy, dirty old man, both, like, mentally, and also just, he looks nasty. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you. there's nothing better than a boy's first car, except maybe the smell of pussy. So that's exactly the kind of guy he is. And Arnie's like, I love this car. I'll, I'll buy it for you for $250, which is about $1,000 in today's money, which is still a fucking steal for a car. Yeah, that's true. But also very overpriced for a car that looks like the car equivalent of a corpse. Yes. Um, judging from the cars that often get left by the Loras dumpsters near where I live, um, I think a car like Christine would probably have wound up being towed by the city. Yeah, like, I, I know I like to say that I don't know much about cars and I'll just take four wheels and an engine, but uh, you look at Christine and you're like, oh, maybe raise your standards a little bit more. Yeah. I would sooner go for the one uh, Tundra that was uh, on sale over by the forest dumpsters that had an, an unfortunate choice of uh, camel wrap around them. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Then how did they see it? <laughs> it only covered the lower half. It looked like grass. <laughs> the boy didn't even jack up the truck. I would have appreciated that. <laughs> you either go full hillbilly or you don't, okay? <laughs> so Arnie buys the car. And yeah. his parents are like, this was a terrible idea. His dad is almost on the cusp of saying, well, maybe we can make it a father-son car restoration project. And then his mother is like, no, this is terrible. My son is an idiot who just wasted his money on a pile of scrap. You, and if you're going to commit to this thing, then we are not giving you a dime and you're keeping it in a, like somewhere else. It's not sitting in our garage or our driveway. And Ari's like, fine. And so he takes it to the shittiest garage in town, Darnell's, which is definitely not a front. <laughs> And gets permission to keep in one of the stalls and work on Christine in his spare time. And again, it's like Darnell will not supply him directly with anything. It's like, you, you have free reign of all the parts you can find in my junkyard, but you have to pay for those. And, you know, I'm, I'm not letting you, I'm not going to do you any favors, kid. Mm-hmm. This is only technically a car. This is a very alleged car. Yeah. But Arnie gets to work on repairing Christine and it goes pretty well. Surprisingly well. Mysteriously too well. Yeah. Also, over, during the process, he anamorphs into a greaser. Yeah, I saw that from the Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, he goes from... There's, there, there's. I don't know if it happens at the same point of the book, but in the movie, before he buys Christine, him and Dennis get the shit kicked out of them by uh, Buddy Repperton and his gang of bullies, because there's always... In Stephen King novels, there's always a gang of bullies, whether it's in high school or not. Yeah. And there's also probably someone named Buddy, and they're probably the leader of the bullies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just going to say, like, him dressing up as a greaser might be sort of some sort of take on the whole 1950s nostalgia of the 70s. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. But it, it's also just this idea of, like, over the course of the film and book, it's implied that Arnie's kind of getting possessed by Roland. Like, Roland Roland dies shortly after he sells Arnie Christine. and then, Okay. And he was probably a shithead greaser, so, okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's like, the implications that Roland is taking over Arnie and so that him and Christine can be together forever because Christine is in love with Arnie, but she's really in love with Arnie so that he can be a vessel for Roland or something mm -hmm. like that. It, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. And the movie really pared that down and made Roland a much less important character. At no point in the film does his rotting corpse just show up in the back seat to spook people. Okay. Which happens quite often in the book. Uh, people like look in the rearview mirror and just see this nasty corpse and it's like, hey. And they turn around and there's nothing there. It's like, oh, oh, spooky car. So the movie is just like, no, Christine is just Arnie's toxic girlfriend. That's it. Hmm. I um, kind of... I kind of wish they kept the rotting corpse in the back. See, I think I think we can have both because I do yeah. I do prefer the idea that Christine is like done with Roland because he's old and nasty, and she finds Arnie and just attaches to him instead. But Roland is still like stuck in Christine. Yeah, yeah. We should, if given the opportunity, put a rotting corpse in your back seat. Oh, is Christine becoming a metaphor for um, a haunted vagina? <laughs> hey, let me. Th I need to think about Build this. Boyfriend's past. <laughs> There's something, something. Arnie, get inside me. 
<laughs> you know, it's not explicit, but I'm not discounting your reading. <laughs> Hang on, I just have to find that one comic panel. <laughs> Anyways, this is your daily reminder, Samantha Brown, that you have to get out of here. Your vagina is haunted. <laughs> so anyways, uh, at some point during all of this, like after Arnie gets Christine fixed up, but before he becomes full greaser, um, he starts dating the new girl. What is her name? Lake Habit, who's like the hottest new girl in school. And Dennis is like, she kind of flirts with her. And then she's like, that's nice. And then she sees Arnie and she's like, wow, what a hot nerd. And she starts going steady with Arnie. Uh, but then at the drive-in, uh, Arnie and her are eating hamburgers. And then Art, like, Lay starts choking on the hamburger. And Arnie's like, oh no, should I do something? And meanwhile, Christine's dashboard, like, looks like evil, nasty green eyes to Lay. And Lay's choking on the hamburger. And finally, so, like, someone next to them, like, pulls her out of the car and gives her the Heimlich. And Arnie's like, Oh, wow. I can't believe you're choking on a hamburger. And Lay's like, your car tried to kill me, you asshole. Yeah. Um, it's also around this time that Dennis finds out from Roland's brother that Roland used to have a wife and kid. And the kid died by choking to death on a hamburger in the backseat. And then the wife was so distraught that she uh, did the classic... Uh, uh, hose from the exhaust into the window, rolled all the windows up, and let her run until mm. the car, uh, she died from the exhaust. Yeah. And Roland's reaction was basically, well, guess it's just me and Christine. Huh. Huh. So, yeah, the, a terrible car found a terrible boyfriend. And now the terrible boyfriend mm -hmm. is old and decrepit. She wants a new boyfriend. And she will make him terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, also around this point is when Dennis gets in a football accident that ruins his football career, and so he spends the middle third of the book, like, basically saying, so the first third and the last third of the book are all first person from Dennis's perspective, but the middle of the book is Dennis saying, well, I was in the hospital during all of this, so here's what I heard, and then it just goes to third person, talking about how Christine yeah. went on a rampage, and killed all, all of Buddy Reputron's gang because they show up to, the, like, demolish her after she's been fully restored again. And mm -hmm. then she just heals herself because she's strong enough to do that now. And it's a really dope scene in the film because basically what they did is they constructed the sh outer shell of the car and they put a bunch of hydraulics inside so that like when activated, they're like pull chunks of the car in on itself. And so they filmed it doing Ooh. that and then they played it all in reverse for the film. So it basically looks like the car is reinflating itself back to full power. Neat. And so then she kills all of uh, Buddy's various minions and Buddy himself gets run over while Christine is on fire because she ran him over while going through a gas station. Boss! And in, in the film they just create like constructed their own gas station because they then could... They constructed their own gas station so that then they had the option to completely blow up the gas station after Christine was done with it. And they did. Of course! <laughs> the pyro... Technic team was probably going, yes! <gasps> Big explosion! Basically. <laughs> um, so at this point in uh, the film and the book, the, both stories are pretty much the same. Uh, the order of events, I'm pretty sure, is identical. The biggest difference is that in the film, Arnie's parents and the detective who starts looking into all these mysterious deaths, they all survive. Whereas in the book, all of them die. Okay. 
So around Christmas, Arnie and Dennis go for a joyride because Dennis is like, I've been in the hospital this whole time. You never visited me. And now you're acting really weird. And Arnie's like, yes, that's because I've become possessed. And Dennis is like, wait, what? And Arnie's like, like Arnie drops the facade in the book. He's like, Dennis, help me. I'm trapped and I can't fight it. And then it like goes back up. It's like, no, now we're going to drive through hell. And then they do. They take a drive through hell. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> not really. It sounds like it was pretty rough. I know, but... <laughs> But we I don't to know, see it. me and my boy Dante here are like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Dennis is like... No, wait, no. Dante was kind of a wimp. He frequently fainted. So it's me and Virgil who are hanging okay. out. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, Dennis and Leigh both come to the conclusion that Christine is evil and Arnie can't be saved. They need to kill Christine and that's probably going to kill Arnie, but he's essentially dead already. Yeah. Um, also, Dennis and Leigh get together, which even when I first read this in, I want to say, the eighth grade, I thought that was kind of suspect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they go down to Darnell's. Darnell at this point has also been killed because Christine just drove through his entire house. Uh, so they go to Darnell's and in the book, they get a big septic tanker. In the film, they get like a big bulldozer. And in both versions, they just basically have a whole cat and mouse fight with Christine in the garage until they're finally able to corner her and just continuously run her over and crush her and squish her until she's no longer regenerating. And then they make sure they go and they put her in the compactor. So now she's just tiny little cube of car. Okay. And then in the book, Dennis is like, and that was it. And me and Leigh broke up and she went on to marry a nice man who drove a Honda Civic. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, oh yeah. So in the book, they find out after the fight that, Arnie was off with his mom going to visit colleges when, like, they were driven off the road or something. And they're like, evidence says that there may have been a third person in the car that they picked up a hitchhiker. And this is like, I'm pretty sure the spirit of Roland LeBay appeared in the back of the car and tried to possess Arnie again. But Arnie fought him off and everybody died. Whereas in the film, it's just, it is Arnie driving Christine in the final confrontation. And then he dies during, and there's like a brief lull in the fight while Christine plays her and Arnie's song and she like dims her lights in mourning and then she continues to try and kill Lei because Lei is the other woman. Yeah. God, imagine being a love triangle with a car. (laughs) How's your day going? (laughs) Oh, you know, just regular boy drama. How about you? Well, apparently the guy I like, his car is jealous of me? (laughs) And is trying to kill me. I got cocked by a car. <laughs> Arnie's one of those guys who likes his shiny machine. He makes you take off your shoes before he lets you get in. Ah! <laughs> Wink. Winks in Shania Twain. At some point, Lay should be seen with a Louisville slugger. <laughs> Um, so the book ends, Dennis is like, he's pretty sure, he he thought that everything was over, but then he remembers a comment from one of the uh, people getting rid of the remains of Christine, who was like, ah, she bit me, when he cut his hand on a piece of scrap, and Dennis was like, ah, it's nothing. And then he, like, years and years later, Dennis reads a story about the last survivor from Buddy Repperton's gang was uh, killed working at a movie theater because a random car drove through, and Dennis is like, oh no. Her unending fury. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and then in the film, there it's uh, Dennis and Lee and the detective, because again, the detective survived in the film. They're looking at the cube of Christine, and they like they start hearing Bad to the Bone starts playing, because that's kind of like Christine's theme song. 
But then there is, it's just like a junkyard worker with a boombox and they all walk off and the last shot, shot of the film is like one of Christine's fenders starting to again. So again, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And yeah, so that's Christine. Okay. So here's, uh. <laughs> oh God, half of it just the plot. Okay. Well, here's the thing is the, the most of the plot works well. My biggest issue yeah. with the plot was Dennis and Lay getting together and the order of operations. Yeah. I always yeah. found it really jarring that, like, the book starts with Arnie just all of a sudden seeing Christine and losing his mind, going, I need this car now. And there's no impetus for it. It's Arnie gets mm-hmm. the car and then he gets the girl because of the car, but then he loses the girl because of the car. I always thought it would make more sense if, in my adaptation, which I'm going to say is like a miniseries on Shudder. Okay. Just going right to the source. Yes. Uh, in my version, I think it would make more sense if Lei actually meets Arnie before any of this happens, and she falls for him because of who Arnie is, instead of, like, the weird middle ground where it's like, Arnie, but with greaser hair and without his glasses. Yeah. She needs to f- the fall for him before he has his John Hughes makeover. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, are we are we keeping the 70s setting? So... We could keep the 70s setting, but I think it would still work in the modern day. And it could even make more sense in the modern day. Because, again, so, it's a 58 Fury. And then, 20 years later, they buy it from the original older Roland, who was, again, this shitty old man. But you made the comment how Roland must have been a shitty greaser. So, if we actually stretch things out, we can say that Roland was 18 when he got Christine. And he was a shitty greaser. And he had her all his life. That is... 70 years, not quite 70 years, but let's say even if this is, we have to wait until 2028 for this to come out, that's 70 years, he can be an 88-year-old piece of shit human. Yeah. And Christine is even more dilapidated. Plus, it would also make sense if, again, Arnie want, falls for Lay, they start going out. He wants to take her to the big game. Dennis can't drive them because, A, that would be weird if you asked your friend to drive you and your girlfriend to the big game that your friend is then playing in. Yeah. But also just the fact that because he's in the big game, he has to go on the team bus. Yeah. And Arnie has literally no other friends. Unfortunately. And his parents aren't the best, so it can even be a thing of like, I, d- I don't want my parents to drive me and my girlfriend to the game, but also even if they did, like even if that wasn't super awkward, they still wouldn't be willing to. Because mom, mom thinks I'm wasting my time going to football games where it could be studying to be a doctor or something like that. And, you know, dad is just going to make awkward dad jokes and also he's being cuckolded by my mother. Oh! <laughs> uh, that's not the right term. It's more that he's just constantly being browbeat by Arnie's mom into following her lead. Okay. And I will say the, the parents like do get sympathetic moments in the book, but it's a lot of it is like, kind of hindsight oh maybe if we hadn't pushed our son this way and that way then he wouldn't have made these choices this is clearly a sign of teen rebellion that we didn't catch and now he's possessed by the devil car yeah so arnie and dennis go out they're trying to find a car that arnie can buy for cheap arnie only has his own savings to work with because his parents aren't going to give him money to buy the car yeah all of the new cars are expensive as fuck because cars are a kind of a money sink yes I listen. I I love the independence that owning my own car gives me, but also I'm still paying it off. Yeah, biggest reason why I have um my car situation, which I won't go into too much detail, but like I am just now at the point where I have enough money that I feel comfortable with paying my rent. 
I ha- if I had a car, it's not going to work out for me. Yeah. I would like to have a house someday. Yeah. But anyways, cars expensive. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, cars have always been expensive, but especially today, that's another reason why it works very well in the modern day. And then especially you compare all the gizmos and gadgets that you can get in a modern car to Christine, which are like Arnie is doing, going to be doing period restoration. He is not popping it. He's not going to stick an aux cable in there. Yeah. He's got a radio with, I don't know how much reception power. And well, here's the thing. It's a spooky, scary radio that yeah. the only uh, station that gets reception for is the 50s station. Ah, yes, yeah, the only station. <laughs> 50s and early 60s. There's a bit of a crossover there. Um, yeah. And she'd probably be a gas guzzler. I'm just saying. Fuel efficiency wasn't a high priority at the time. <laughs> I think, yeah, I do think it makes more sense that Arnie finds Christine, like, almost buys Christine out of desperation. Mm-hmm. And part of it is also, like, there's a line in the book where he says, I finally found something uglier than I am. And Dennis is like, you're not ugly. And Arnie's like, I know what I am. Because he is, he is the poorest, littlest meow meow, okay? <laughs> so, so he's every nebbish teenager we knew in high school? See, he's not nebbish. Like, he's, he's sympathetic, but it's just that this kid's confidence is shot. The only reason he's, like, still around is because he has his one friend, Dennis, who has always stuck up for him. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, Ar- Arnie is not an incel in the making. He is a good kid. And that's another thing that has to be emphasized, is that he is a good kid that gets sucked into a toxic relationship. Okay. So that's, that's the thing. The car is not a metaphor for a haunted vagina. The car is a metaphor for a bad influence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Christine is encouraging Arnie to smoke the devil's lettuce. <laughs> Look, the gateway drug thing is a myth. Rock and roll is literally a gateway drug. <laughs> if it weren't for Christine, Arnie probably wouldn't have been smoking weed. So, there. I don't think anyone smokes weed. In the- Actually, I think Dennis is the one who smokes weed in the book. I was just making a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's the point. Is that Chris- Christine is a toxic relationship. Yeah. Like, she clearly is needy and possessive and very jealous and will kill your friends. And family. And family, yeah. In many ways, she's very vampiric. Yeah. She's a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Arnie, and Arnie isn't even unattractive. He just thinks he is because everyone hates him. It's also, it is a small town in small town America. Yeah. There's, if I remember correctly, I wanted to watch the film before I did this, but I couldn't find it anywhere in time. And I also wanted to at least browse the my copy of the book, but I don't know where it went, which is the second time that I've lost a copy of Christine. Huh. <laughs> Spooky! <laughs> okay. Once is an event, twice is a coincidence, three times, then something, something spooky's happening. Okay, I'll keep... Well, when I buy my third copy of Christine, I'll I'll keep watch on it, and when it dis- if it disappears when I need it most, <laughs> then I'll know that my books are being stolen by a car. <laughs> She's got her own booktube series, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all just like engine noises and honking. Hasn't quite figured out how to communicate like Bubblebee. Yeah. Well, actually, no, kind of. Oh. 
She plays a lot of ironic 50s tunes to taunt people. Yeah. Uh, when Dennis is trying to get a look inside her after he starts becoming suspicious of her, she plays Little Richard's Keep a Knockin'. Ah. Um, like, as she is being run over by the construction vehicle, she starts playing Rock and Roll is Here to Stay. Okay. Um, and, like, there's other stuff in there. There's Not Fade Away by Buddy Holly. Uh, we Belong Together by Robert and Johnny. Mm-hmm. Up a little bitty pretty one by Thurston Harris, and of course, as I mentioned before, her theme song kind of is "Back to the Bone" by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Okay, but yeah, in my version, the plot progression is basically going to happen the same way after that. So it is like Arnie and Dennis get beat up by Buddy. Arnie falls for Lay, and vice versa. The big game happens, and Arnie buys Christine to take Lay to the big game. All right. So the other thing is that if I remember correctly from the book. The f- high school football team isn't that great, but the year that the book takes place, they're suddenly on an upswing, and everyone like kind of catches football fever for the f- first time in years. Okay. Like, they-, they have gone from zero to Friday Night Lights in the span of, like, two games. Huh. And then when Dennis's injury happens, it, like, not only does it end his football career, but it also, like, knocks him out just before they even get to the finals. Hmm. Hmm. So I do also kind of want to play into that. Listen, it's cars and rock and roll. So throw football in there to just get the peak Americana. Yeah. And which is still in play today, which is why modern setting still works. Yeah. And just have like kind of that be the, the pressure cooker of everything uh, bu- reaching this boiling point. Yeah. Of Arnie. Like Arnie sees Dennis finally get to live out his manly man fantasy. And I was like, I also want to live out my manly man fantasy. I want a car. <laughs> So, yeah, Arnie and Dennis get beat up by Buddy and the gang. Then Arnie and Leigh fall for each other. Arnie wants the car to get to the big game, buys Christine. Uh, they go to the big game, and the, so it's the, the course of, like, Dennis playing football, Arnie restoring Christine, Arnie going out with Leigh. And because it's a miniseries, we have a little bit more time so we can develop Arnie and Leigh's relationship before seeing Arnie start to fall for Christine as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and then Dennis has his injury. Around the same time that Christine gets trashed by Buddy's gang, so then Christine just kills everybody. Mm-hmm. And then it ends in the same way, where closer to the film, like like I said before, put a rotting corpse in your backseat. Yeah. But it's very much the sense that, like, have it more clear that it's the idea that Roland can't let go of Christine, but Christine has let go of him, because I now I have the new young hotness. Yeah. But much like in the film, it is Arnie who's been taken over by Christine and then ends up dying as collateral. And Christine still mourns for him, even though, you know, he wouldn't have died if you hadn't had him drive you to the confrontation with your ex and your best friend. Yeah. And then Christine dies, but we'll still have, like, the implication that maybe she can still regenerate. Dun-dun-dun. And so I I don't know how many... I feel like... Maybe six episodes that might be pushing it. It it would very much be something that like I'd have to like actually write out all the screenplays to see how much time we need. So yeah. it could end up longer, or it could also end up shorter. Yeah, but I don't see anything past six episodes. Yeah. Also, the other main thing I want to uh, change is Dennis and Lay. I like I said before, never thought it made sense for Dennis and Lay to get together. I th- I thought it was more interesting when they were kind of doing their own little, little Scooby-Doo thing and yeah. investigating the history of Christine, which, again, can lend more stuff to the miniseries because we can have, like, a whole flashback episode where it's, like, Roland LeBay's, like, path of destruction through America. Yes. 
Also, side note, because of Stephen King, I almost want to change Roland's last name to something that starts with F, because Randall Flagg is the man in black and always keeps appearing with names with the initials RF and just tie that into the King mythos. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Christine has shown up in other Stephen King situations. Um, I think she showed up in the Dark Tower movie. Okay. I'm just going to quickly check the Dark Tower wiki. Okay. Okay, so... It looks like uh, a potentially unrelated 1958 Red Primal Fury does uh, help Henry Bowers escape from the asylum in It. Okay. Um, but also, uh, the, the fact that it's set in Pennsylvania and there's also, uh, from a Buick 8 is also set in Pennsylvania, might just be like a cheeky nod that, you know, maybe the state just produces bad cars. <laughs> From a Buick 8 is also a pretty good Stephen King novel, but that one's much harder to adapt. Okay. But yeah, but like with the miniseries, we could just maybe subtly imply, not, not hammer over the head, okay? I'm not making the Stephen King cinematic universe, but because that's all, those interconnections are already built into King's works, it, it's much more organic to just throw in nods to things. Like, heck, maybe, maybe like at the point where Arnie is looking at used cars, he's looking at a Buick 8, and they're like, nah, that, this car is bad. Even, even this, or even this car is too expensive for me to buy. Okay. I want Christine's origins to be mysterious. Like, I don't want it to be like, oh, Christine is actually a manifestation of the Crimson King or any weird stuff like that. Like, no, mm -hmm. she's just a bad car. Some cars born bad. Yeah. She fucks and she kills. Yeah. Just came off the assembly line with murder in her headlights. Literally. Like, it, in, in the film, like the someone opens her hood to check her engine, and while he's feeling her up, her she slams her hood down to cut his hand off. Ooh! And then another guy goes in to examine her, and while he's smoking a cigar, and he leaves ash on the seat. And then when they find him at the end of the shift, he's again been exhaust poisoned, just falls out dead while the radio's still playing. Okay. And again, playing bad to the bone. Da -na 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 -na. Yeah. Did I tell you what else I was changing? Oh, right, Dennis. Uh, he's gay now. You know what? Cool. Um, but part of it is just because St Stephen King, technically an ally, but doesn't always write the best queer people in his works. Yeah. He may have gotten better, I think, in one of his more recent books, like a lesbian couple or a major characters. But uh, who knows how that turned out? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm just like, no, Stephen, sorry, Stephen, I'm taking the reins on this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dennis is gay now. <laughs> The important thing is, subtext. <laughs> it's very easy to read the friendship between Dennis and Arnie as Dennis having a one-sided crush on Arnie. The reason he keeps protecting this little kid, the reason why he doesn't seem to be friends with anyone on the football team, the reason why like all of his so-called crushes on girls are basically like one attempt and as soon as he uh, like strikes out, he's like, okay, well, I guess we'll just be friends then. Yeah, okay. I'm th honestly, I'm thinking, now that I think about it, I don't think Dennis knows that he's gay. I think, I think he's just like me and Arnie are very, very good friends. And I think over the course of this miniseries, Dennis is like, oh no, I, I am in love with Arnie. It's two dudes sitting in the hot tub piping away because they're not gay. Two dudes sitting in a ply mouth piping apart because one of them is possessed by an evil car. <laughs> Yeah, I very much think that over the course of the miniseries, it would be Dennis realizing his feelings for Arnie. It's like, oh, I'm sad because Arnie has a girlfriend. I'm sad because Arnie has two girlfriends. One of them is a car. The car's trying to kill him. <laughs> this 
And I'm in Pennsylvania. How could this get worse? <laughs> the shitty part of Pennsylvania, too. Yeah. Not the cool parts of Pennsylvania. <laughs> At least there's stuff to do in Pittsburgh. <laughs> but yeah, and I feel like near the end, because I do, I also want to keep the scene where Arnie is able to like break out of the hypnosis or whatever, and like it's the real Arnie again, and he's like, Dennis, help me, and then it gets back up. I, I would like it if this brought about because Dennis is like, D- like Arnie, your parents are worried about you. Lee still loves you. Ar- Arnie, I love you. And that's the one that kind of breaks through and Arnie's like, oh, Dennis, I'm so sorry. You have to kill me. And you're a shitter, Dennis. Yeah. And then it'll be very sad and it'll be very gay and very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end, maybe Dennis is the one who four years later, he's able to get a husband who drives a Civic. Yay! Or a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> that's two on the nose. <laughs> Besides, the Honda Civic is basically indestructible, so. Yeah, I mean, so are Buicks, I've heard. Yeah, they're practically boats. <laughs> Tanner says this because they are a Buick driver themselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the show. That's uh, that's everything I got for Christine, the miniseries. Cool. Unless we want to talk about casting? Um, If we set this in the modern day, probably have a more diverse crowd. Yeah, well... I already have someone picked for Dennis. Okay. And it, it is because he is gay. Mm-hmm. He, he is able to get buff enough to look like a football player. And he was already involved in a Stephen King joint. Oh. Uh, get Nicholas Hamilton, who played Henry Bowers in the It uh, Part 1, to play Dennis. Okay. And then I, I don't know who would play Arnie. Some kid who would be on Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, see, all the Degrassi's have aged out, so now we gotta find the people, like you said, the people who would be on Degrassi if Degrassi were to exist today. Yes. You know, I almost, I almost want to say Larry Saperstein from High School Musical Musical Series. (laughs) (laughs) He, he is a cute big nerd. Okay. I I could definitely see him, like, starting off with, you know, the glasses that, like, are taped in two places because they got broken by Buddy. Yeah. And then over the course of the series, he does have the greaser makeover. Yeah. And then probably get some character actor to play, uh, who's the awful guy's name? Uh, LeBay. Roland LeBay. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember his name. What was he in? Predator 2. It's the only the only film I can remember him being in. I know he was in more. <laughs> Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Okay, yeah. Oh, good. He's still. I was worried that he already passed, but no, he's still around. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll dirty him up. We'll put him in a a like. Roland has this back race with like all the straps hanging off of it, and he just like kind of wanders around like at a forty five degree angle. Okay. So we can we can nasty up Gary Busey. Yeah. We only really need him for one episode, too. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Jake Busey can play him in one of the set of flashbacks. Yeah. Really, really young Gary Busey. Like, teen Gary Busey. Who could play teen... A teen Busey? What, mm-hmm. what if... What if we pulled a looper? And we just put Arnie's actor in some prosthetics to make him look like a young Gary Busey? Oh! That might work. Look a little better than uh, 
Joseph Gordon-Lovett in the Bruce Willis prosthetics. Yeah. Or was it Bruce Willis in the Joseph Gordon-Lovett prosthetics? Ugh. Don't make me think about that one. <laughs> and and Lee can be played by one of the Bailey sisters, who yeah. is available. Mm-hmm. And Buddy will be played by a 26-year-old who shaved so that he can pass for someone who's been held back twice. <laughs> or maybe he's not even in the school anymore. Maybe he did graduate, but he like his now his career is bully. Yeah. Shitty asshole who goes around harassing kids. I can see that happening. Hangs out somewhere. Maybe probably doesn't have a job. Maybe has a job. Who fucking knows? All, see, all of all of his like cronies have jobs, but he's nasty enough that they just buy all of his shit for him. Yeah. Well, that and also maybe he's like running drugs for Darnell because remember, Darnell's garage is definitely not a front. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that is that is also another one of the signs that uh, Arnie is like turning into someone else is because he also starts running drugs for Darnell. Okay. okay. No. Technically, in the book, they're fireworks. But I guess in the eighties fireworks were a bigger deal, and also maybe King didn't want to have a drugs or bad Aesop when he was still a little blitzed. Look, not all drugs are bad. K- K- King has written a lot and King has written a lot of books since then with protagonists that deal with addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and get better. Yeah. And King has said that he writes every day because otherwise he's worried he'll fall back into addiction. Like he knows the dangers now. I'm just saying, in hindsight, maybe it doesn't make sense. That the sinister contraband that Darnell was dealing with was just fireworks. And we can come up with something. The devil's lettuce. Something a bit better than weed. Come on. <laughs> Everybody and their grandmother have has a pot plant now. Christine steals weed for Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> From little old ladies who use it for their arthritis. Oh no! <laughs> Christine hates the elderly. <laughs> Why should you know what in this version that's true? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you got a l- nice little miniseries for Shudder. They will throw money at it because the hell has got Stephen King's name attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not directing. Yep. He knows better, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll get the uh we'll get the Ready or Not and the Scream Five people to direct it. Just because mm-hmm. I don't know horror directors, but they seem pretty good. Yeah. Well, with that. Yeah, I think with that, we're going to drive over to a friendship promo. Coming this January 2021. My name is Robin. I'm Stevie. And I'm Kyle. We are a trio of environmentalists, documentarians, journalists, and friends. We will be looking at a major problem happening right now. The destruction of threatened species habitats by the logging industry. We're talking about illegal logging here. Do you know what the company was that was doing this? Yeah, uh, I had never heard of them before, uh, but they're they're called Dapson Lumber Company. Dapson? I remember the trucks. And the Matcom bands, too. Weapons development. They're hiding the information. It's much bigger than just Dapson. There's a reason they vetoed the project. He just kept saying, stay away from Dapson, stay away from Matcom. Missing? I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but I just have this this sick feeling in my stomach about this that I can't shake. This looks like a nonprofit organization. And don't forget about the dodgeball tournaments. Be part of something greater. What's the actual hell? 
this could be big. Really big. Sporadic Phantoms, an investigative podcast series, available this January on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. I was going to add a few more car sounds, but um, don't want to sound that ridiculous. Toot toot. Ah, beep beep. Bad girls. <laughs> I know it's not 50s, but actually, no, maybe. No, I don't think it's 50s because it sounds too disco. Hang on. Google, tell me about Toot Toot bad, Beep Beep Bad Girls. I was just thinking, like, Leader of the Pack by the Shangri Las. <laughs> bad Girls Donna Summer Song. It came out in the 1966. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. No, it came out in 1979. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I did forget the trailer. Which yeah. is kind of the reason I started this whole thing, like, way back... I have, I have had Christine on my list of things to do since we started this podcast. Yeah. And the idea came from when I was rereading the book, and I got this idea for a trailer where, like, it starts as this kind of standard young adult coming-of-age type story. And it's like, ah, oh, Arnie needs a car! Aw, shucks! And so then Gary Newman's song Cars starts playing in the background as we get like this brief montage of Dennis and Arnie looking for cars. And then when they come across Christine, so if you've ever listened to the song Cars by Gary Newman, there's like this synth going on in the background. And I'm thinking that as the trailer goes on and it becomes more and more clear that, oh, this car is messed up and evil, the rest of the song starts to fall out and it's just that going for the whole trailer. Okay, at least it's not like a slow down dark version of cars. Yeah, it's it's not it's not sinister slow sensual cars. It's <laughs> like in the vein of when the 20th Century Fox header shows up in the alien movies. Yeah. And because so, so normally one of the fan tour is like da 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 But in the alien movies it stops at da 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 like that like a really eerie eerie note cool so just do that but to the song cars yeah for the film christine about a car. i was about to yeah. say cars yeah this is not about evil lightning mcqueen the fucks <laughs> there's a fanfic out there for that hang on <laughs> cars ao3 <laughs> Okay, there it is. Cars. Pixar movies. Works archive of our own. Now, I'm not going to worry about tags. I'm just going to see if any of them contain the word Christine. Okay, unfortunately, there are no crossovers between Christine and Cars yet. Which means I have a new project. <laughs> but while I figure that messed up thought out, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? Um, I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. It's Lindsay spoke with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyUpstart. Uh, slam a like onto the picture of myself in a crop top. Uh, you can find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters from Not If I Boot You First. And they're pronounced to the bone. You can also email us at notifireboutyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite midlife crisis cars. That's also where you could send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip, a proof first read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or your YouTube or even your DeviantArt. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner 
Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about the show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you like music of his own for your own. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Insultal, Assiniboine, and Métis. Last but not least, don't forget that you can buy this episode for yourself. It is not an NFT, it is just your name on a spreadsheet, but for a minimum $5 donation to the North Central Family Center, link in the description, we will declare that you are the owner of this podcast episode, or any of these episodes that you so desire. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay, uh, if it wasn't obvious, this was a Halloween episode. Yeah. Spooky. So, I finally have an idea for a Halloween episode, and it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, to the point where I put it onto the People's Choice poll, but he never got picked. But we're going to go way back. Oh? We're going to go to Austin Land for our next episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. I guess we're going to drive down to Austin land. Oh, because, you know, I know everybody talks about Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, but uh, did you know that Jane Austen actually wrote a gothic novel? Oh, now I know what you're talking about. See, I thought you were talking about, like, the city in Texas. Nah. nah. (laughs) All right, then. I guess we will find out about some uh, mysterious, spooky uh, young ladies next week, but not if we repeat you first. Toodles! Ha ha ha!